up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 76 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together, get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my first mate in debauchery, Mr. Andy Brown. First mate in debauchery? That's a new one, and I like it. How you doing? How was the con? It was great, man. Uh, we had a great, great old time at New York Comic Con, uh, then spent an entire week sick in bed. But uh, I'm feeling better. I'm ready to be back. I'm glad to be back. Uh, how was the show last week with Mike? It was good, man. Check it out. Um, if you haven't checked it out already, it's definitely worth a listen. Mike Kane is a real cool dude. And we had a great hometown time. Hometown hero. A hometown hero, yeah. We had a great time talking about uh, stuff like Kingdom Hearts 2. The Kingdom Hearts story so far collection with 97 million hours of... <laughs> incomprehensible anime story isn't that just like one game of persona yes persona's got comprehensible (laughs) anime story oh yeah oh yeah i'll give you that i'll give you that the time is still the same oh yeah for sure (coughs) that's for the prelude though yeah like persona is one of those things where like it it doesn't make sense in the same amount that like uh, any normal video game or like comic property doesn't make sense not like kingdom hearts where trying to explain it to someone requires you to like get a push pin board and you know like create like a yeah, serial yeah. killer uh yeah i know well, there's gonna <laughs> be a lot also of that joining... <laughs> also joining us today the edge duke of new jersey mr robert townsend i thought it was an edge marquee but if i'm demoted i mean whatever is it because i'm sick too oh uh... <laughs> I thought I thought Duke was higher. I was trying to promote you. I'm sorry. Well, the Edge Marquee. Yeah, yeah, thank you. My <laughs> fucking title, get it? You know. <laughs> I didn't take no this vow for no uh, <laughs> for no respect. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, so Sean is unfortunately not going to be with us this week, uh, but we have a pretty good show ahead of us. There's some some meaty things to talk about, but uh, before we get into all that, we're going to talk about what we've been playing this week. And uh, the only thing that I really have to talk about is uh, Super Mario Party. Which Thompson and I got to got a chance to play a little bit of this week, and uh, I gotta say, it is it's hitting all the right notes for me. It's a Mario Party, and it's pretty super. And I really hate to say it that way, but like, damn, you know how when you think of like um God, you're the terrible. the last <laughs> the last like Mario <laughs> Brothers, and they're just like you know deluxe or like you know they like even Mario Party Eight, right? I mean, sure. Sorry, Mario Kart Eight um, deluxe, and then that's pretty much what this is to me. It's like everything you loved about Mario Party. Superman. It's like they just they just added all the fun shit, you know? I don't know. It's really great, man. It was a good time. It's a real return to form. Yeah, it was a good time, I gotta say. You know? Because it's like this is the either 11th or 12th Mario Party overall. And, um, you know, it's for my money, it's the best one since 5 on the GameCube, which was, I think, the last good one. Wow. Uh, I had played since like Mario 4. Mario Party a lot more credit for longevity than I have. I mean, the last good one's Mario Party yeah. 3 on the N64. Oh, I, I, like I, I actually agree with you to some degree. I think a lot of people think the GameCube ones are the best ones. I personally think 2 and 3 are the two best. Oh, yeah. You know? But I, I'll give it that, that 4 and 5 both are, like, they're fine. Like, they're, they're definitely solid games. But this, this is definitely the best one since 2, you know, or, or 3, depending on which one I guess you think is the best. Um... This game is very much hitting all the right notes. It added a lot of new things that have all worked out really well. I think, like, the new co-op mode that we talked about a couple weeks ago 
uh, was a lot of fun. Thompson and I did an episode of that over on Pals Play. We had another three episodes where we just did like a regular board game. So you can go check that out on uh, the Video Game Pals YouTube channel if you want to, you know, get a look for yourself. But, uh, you know, I think I can speak for both Thompson and I here where if you are a Mario Party fan and you were hoping that this was going to be the series comeback, it very much is. So if you're looking to plunk down 60 bucks for a Mario Party, this is definitely worth your time and money, I think. So I got to say, I'm impressed that you guys played a full game of Mario Party and are here being civil on the podcast. Somehow we managed to do it because, you know what, um, it really wasn't us screwing each other. It was one of the computers. And um, what? We, we united over um, mutual hatred over a single NPC. I think it kept our bond strong, is what I would say. Yeah. 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 So go go check that out. It was it was a really fun time. Uh, I imagine we'll end up playing some more Mario Party uh, on the channel at some point. But if you guys want to see some more, let us know. And uh, let us know what you're thinking about Mario Party. If you want to let us know um, what you've been playing or, you know, um, sorry. Let me take another stab at that, Phil. Uh, so if you guys want to let us know what you're playing, give us a random question of the week or just say, hey, remember, you can be, uh, you can email us at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold, or hit us in the comments down below. And if you really want to help out the show, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, where we're currently a five-star rated show, and give us one of those sweet, sweet reviews. Um, I'll accept a four-star, I guess, but any lower than uh, that, you're just wasting no, both no, no, of our no, time. No, 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 Like any good LLC or anything else, you only rate the fives and the zeros. Because, you know, they always scale things on that. We're doing the same. Damn it. We don't count fours. We're not capitulating that easy. <laughs> uh, but you can also give us a like on your platform of choice if you're not an Apple user uh, or if you're a YouTube person. Make sure you give this video a like. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Click that notification bell so that you know when our weekly videos, daily videos go live. Uh, and as always, share the show with your pals and let them know we're out here and that you're enjoying what we're doing. And uh, just one more plug for the uh, New York Comic Con content. We did some great stuff while we were there for the Video Game Pals. Uh, we got some reaction videos from our friends Ed and AJ at the Party Nerds. They got to play Kingdom Hearts 3. They got to play Resident Evil 2. They got to play Devil May Cry 5. We've got their impressions over on the channel for you. So if you are interested in hearing how any of the demos for those games looked or played, uh, please go check that content out. We'd really appreciate Damn, it. Damn, so and they got to do all this stuff. And what were you jabronis doing? <laughs> working till we, we died of sickness <laughs> yeah we were we were making a lot of comic book content uh, and, and getting some great interviews done so again if you're if you're a comic book listener uh or a reader i guess who listens to this show i should say uh go check out the stuff we do with the comics pals as well and check out the comics pals if you haven't before it's our sister show it's great if you like the show you'll probably like it too uh so with that i guess that means it's time for the news 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 the new the new news 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 that's the new jingle. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, six items on the news list this week. A couple, couple meaty ones, but we're going to kick things off with my personal favorite piece of news that came out this week, which was, uh, if this rumor is to be believed, it seems that Bully 2 could be the next game in development at Rockstar uh, after Red Dead Redemption. So uh, this comes from rockstarintel.com, which, uh, you know, it's like a Rockstar fan site kind of thing. Uh, and they, um, they've got a little article here by one Ben Walker, who is basically, uh, showing there's a, there's a casting call that's asking for, quote, uh, a new unannounced video game title with a leading UK games developer shooting at Pinewood Studios. And that, uh, the article points out that the casting calls are mainly for, like, younger voice actors, teenage roles, 
Um, so, and, you know, they had some details about the project, which if you know anything about, you know, voice acting callouts, they're pretty vague. But uh, it says, mild violence and profanity will be used in scenes with the young performer. The project itself is a thriller slash drama, and all scenes with the young performer will be handled with sensitivity. Uh, and then the, the calls were made by casting director Jessica Jeffries. Uh, said it's going to be done in the Pinewood Studios location in London, which is, um, you know, uh, it's a pretty, like, popular area for game development. And uh, there, there were also some other kind of, like, side things like they were looking for like college professors and you know stuff like that and um they've also seen rockstar staff engaging with some of these listings so it remains to be seen what this really means you know uh but they they also point out that there's been kind of a buzz about bully 2 for a long time you know we've talked about it on the show in the past uh there's a rockstar insider known as yan2295 um, who has mentioned that this would be the next game they were working on after the release of Red Dead Redemption 2. So uh, it seems it seems possible. You know, I, I don't, I'm not willing to say that there's fire where this smoke is yet, but I definitely think uh, the chance of, of getting a Bully 2 in the near future seems fairly likely, and it's something I'm definitely excited about. Okay, so, so yeah, so what do you guys think about this? So I never played Bully, um, but... I'm also kind of wary about the idea that, like, the rumors of Rockstar's next release when Rockstar's last release was five years ago. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I think even if this is true, that doesn't mean the game is imminent by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, hell no. I mean, that's that's why if this was true, I think it would be good, you know? I mean, because they need five years to plan, you know, ahead of time and... It's Rockstar, they yeah. don't make it a small game. And, like, if these rumors have been true for a while, it's possible that the game's been in pre-pro for, like, a year or so now, and that they might actually start working on it once Red Dead wraps. Okay. But even so, that that means, what, it's a 20, 2021 game at the earliest, maybe, you know? Yep. Yeah, this but, is uh, a long way off. I hope it's true, though. I really do. Like, I, I thought Bully was a really fun IP. It was a game I had a lot of fun with back on the PS2. Um, it was one of the last games I actually played on the PlayStation 2. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. I'm like, I don't I don't remember. I don't think I picked it up when it was new. Like, I think I got it kind of, you know, a little bit after it had been out. But it was like a late cycle game for sure. Uh, and I don't know. I thought it was just fun, you know? Like, it was in the same way that I thought Red Dead felt like a really meaningful build on the GTA formula, Bully felt like that as well, just in a kind of a way different direction, you know? And, like, I liked seeing Rockstar have constraints, you know, where, like, you couldn't solve a problem just by killing people or, like, stealing a car or whatever, you know? Like, it was often... The game was a lot more about resources and reputation and, you know, like... I guess, like, RPG elements, you know? Like, there was a lot of that, like, San Andreas uh, kind of fingerprints on it, you know? Where you really had to, like, do things to build out your character, and that felt fresh, you know? Awesome. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. It's definitely something I'd like to see them try again, you know? It's like, I always thought it was weird that Bully was one of those, it's like, hey, this is a great IP, like, why did we just, why are we just leaving this one in the dust? I didn't play it, but that's probably why, because it's like I played every other Rockstar game, but somehow Bully got either no attention or 
I don't know. I don't know how I skipped it. You know, it's it's it was a yeah. PS2 title, and I loved everything about the PS2. I played that shit forever. You know, and then somehow, like even for me, it got it got swept under. Maybe that's why they never went back to it. Maybe it, people just didn't. It's, it seemed like apathy toward it, but it was really just for me circumstance. And I'm sure that a lot of people just, you know, didn't like the idea of playing a kid. Maybe they thought they were going to be constrained, but it's Rockstar. I know there was a lot of controversy around that yeah. too, where people yeah. are like, oh. <gasps> like the the Grand Theft Auto people are making a game where you can kill children. It's like, but could no, you no, kill no. kids? I don't think so at all. No, no. I thought no, you'd no. just be a bully. I, it didn't say yeah. childhood murderer. is the title of the game. You know, bully. Right. You're gonna be in a dick. You're not gonna be. That like, would have been a great name for a game, though. Fuck. Like, <laughs> I would play childhood, childhood murderer. murderer. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer stories. Oh no! It's like it's like the uh, episodic adventures um, from Supermassive, except they're all like different serial killers' origins. <laughs> Now that's a game I can get behind. Jeffrey Dahmer will remember that. <laughs> R.I.P. Telltale. Death is strange. <laughs> but uh, speaking of old games that we'd like to see return, it appears that EA may be interested in remastering some of their old school PC games like Command and Conquer. Oh, lovely. Lovely. So uh, this, this story broke on Reddit. Over on the uh, Command and Conquer subreddit, there was a post uh, by Jim Vasala, who's a uh, EA producer and um, you know ver- his verified Reddit account, and uh, he made a post that uh, I thought was a little interesting. I wanted to hear what Thompson had to say about it. So, fellow Command and Conquer fans, my name is Jim Vasella, and I'm produce and I'm a producer at Electronic Arts. Ten years ago, I had the pleasure of being on the production team for Command and Conquer Three and Red Alert Three along with being the lead producer on Kane's Wrath. During those years, some of my favorite moments were interacting with our passionate community, whether at our community summits or on the forums or while attending various events such as Gamescom. As most of you may know, we recently announced Command & Conquer Rivals, a mobile game set in the Command & Conquer universe. Following the reveal of Rivals, we heard you loud and clear. The Command & Conquer community also wants to see the franchise return to PC. And as a fan of CNC for over 20 years, I couldn't agree more. With that in mind, we've been exploring some exciting ideas regarding remastering the classic PC games and have, and already have the ball rolling on our first effort to celebrate the upcoming 25th anniversary. Year anniversary, excuse me. We are eager to hear your feedback to help influence our current thoughts for PC and what comes next. Over the next few weeks, we'll be talking to fans in a variety of ways. In the meantime, please share your thoughts here on the subreddit. As a longtime CNC fan and developer, I am just as passionate about the CNC franchise as you are, and look forward to hearing your thoughts as they help us shape the future of CNC at EA. Thanks. Jim Vasella. Cool. So, Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think about this? Well, I don't doubt the man's passionate and believes what he says and all that, but the thing that pisses me off is that the I heard you loud and clear line they've said with every other time they've done this with Command and Conquer. You know, they've they drove the franchise into the ground on multiple levels. And you know, each time then the game came out or you know, like it happened with every single side of it too, with the Red Alert side. Um, people weren't really into Red Alert Three. Okay, fine, but you know they they said okay, well we listen, you know we'll make a new thing, whatever. They made expansion it was even worse. They said it with the Tiberium side of it. Um, you know they they took away the Tiberium and Command and Conquer Four. The game was ridiculous, and then that practically shot the series dead, you know, on the ground. But you know, fine. They they said we heard you loud and clear. We'll make another one that's you know not like that. You know we listen. Then they sit on it forever and and release Rivals. So. I've been I've been very vocal about Rivals, 
Um, it's clearly a cash grab. Um, the series doesn't deserve it. And then, so of course, they're going to get backlash, right? And when this happens, oh, we heard you loud and clear. Again, you know, 25 years, right? But they didn't have 25 years of saying it. It's only in the last, like, I don't know, like 10 at this point? Or maybe even less. It's probably less. Um, still, it's it's this is a time timeless story, you know, that, that I've heard before from them. So well, it's cool. I love the old games. I'm not mad that I'm going to be able to play them on the modern consoles and, or, you know, uh, in hardware. It's, it's hard to get some of them to even work uh, properly, actually. Right. But what bothers me is that they're kind of just coming out saying, I mean, we just can't make a new one. We don't know what you people want. We'll give you the old ones again. You know, it's like, let's not innovate on on and make a new game that you want a new game in this, in those settings. Um, let's just give you the I mean, old ones so you can play them again. Fair. It sounds like, I think it sounds like they do want to do that as well, though. But like, but they don't listen cause... to the fans. They've, we've been saying how to make a good game for a long time, you know, <laughs> a very long time. But now... But now they're listening. But that's they're, but still, that's what I'm saying. Now that they're listening, <laughs> they're going to re-release the old ones, which they know people like, and that's what we're saying. Right. More like this, and they say, "Screw it, let's just give them that." So it kind of feels like, you know, I, it's a little, you know, it's like kind of like an underhanded kind of thing. For me. <laughs> I don't no, know. Like, I, I definitely, I definitely see what you're saying, but I, I, I don't. This, this reads to me like a very. Um, I feel like we've seen this a lot with franchises that have been dormant now, where they do the they do the remaster of the one that everybody loved, mm. or one of the one, a few of the ones that everybody loves, kind of get the excitement back up, and then try to bring out a new one. Mm. But it's just like, I, I I definitely get where you're coming from, where like as a fan that's been waiting for a new one for so long that you're just so fucking frustrated, and then we got this yeah. shitty mobile game and all this stuff. But like, it, it it sounds like the plan here is to be like, hey. We're going to remaster the original for the 25th anniversary. Maybe we'll do a few of the other ones. And then, like, let's try and talk about the future of Command and Conquer. But I don't know, man. Like, I uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I wonder if they're going to come back with it and get it right for you guys. It's it's not like, um, it's, it's a very tricky ground, right? So, like, Command and Conquer, part of the reason people love it so much is because, like, in the RTS sphere, it, it really did, like, push the bounds of RTS games. You know what I mean? You had, you had like, even when Warcraft 1 comes out from Blizzard, you know, um, great. Um, great game, but the, the, the sluggishness of it was, was, you know, palpable, and there's a lot of issues with, like, this, you know, pacing in RTS games. And then you get, like, even just Command and Conquer 1, like, the, the old, just straight-up old one, at the time, that was crazy. You were controlling so many units at once and the speed was cool and the sound design was amazing and they, they didn't skimp. And then it was like, the reason we love the series is because each one pretty much each title, not like expansions really, because expansions didn't add too much necessarily except for like maps usually. Right. So each title like just added so much to it. And then for some reason, all the last titles didn't, you know what I mean? Across the board. Like they all just kind of went the opposite way of like everyone thought, like taking away resources and stuff in, in command and Conquer four, I mean, in theory, that's like that's definitely shaking it up. You know, I can't blame you for trying something brand new, but to try to do it to that game where people were like, "Okay, well, this one resource is destroying the world. This is a focal point of the story." Okay, last game, we don't. That's just we don't talk about it anymore. That's what drove the entire world story. <laughs> um, <laughs> doesn't work for that game. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, you could have tried that in the Red Alert series rather than that. I mean, it, it to me seems a little easy to just not destroy the world you've built around it. I think a lot of the problems that they had were um, they tried to shove too much into too little of, uh, you know, 
they followed the trends more. Like, especially with Red Alert 3, it was like, well, now the game's co-op, because back then, when it was coming out, everything was co-op, just because. So they were like, let's just ham-fist this in, and the campaign now was always with an NPC, you know, like, that was designed to have another player take it over. And, like, that took away from the grand scale and, like, the fun of the campaigns, you know? Their design choices, they need to be what they want them to be. That's what made the series good, you know? It's not because they followed some other trend. So, like I said, you know, before, it's just like, let's not innovate on the series and let's just give you what you already got. Like, that's great if we want to make some money to make a new game. But it kind of bothers me that that's after all this time. <laughs> it took Rivals to realize that? Like, damn, dude, we've been saying forever. We just want, like, the old games, you know? Yeah, it's like, instead of releasing Rivals, it would have been great Which if they just did following this the trend of the first. phone games, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So it, and and yeah. even if they wanted to do that, they could have done this first just as, like, a Yeah, like, let's build branch. some hype. Oh, and, and, like, the same way, like, Elder Scrolls Blades came out. It's like, that's not for me. I love the Elder Scrolls games, but it's because the Elder Scrolls games are good to start, and then I'm not going to play the mobile game that, you know, came out first, you know, to get me. You know, it's it's weird. Yeah, it was like, I, I get what you're saying, man. Yeah. And, uh, I, I definitely understand the frustrations that that you Command and Conquer fans have had. Um, I wish Sean was here to resonate with you, yeah, because yeah. every time this comes up, you guys both get real upset <coughs> together. But, uh... You know, so I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. this is hopefully this is a step in the right direction for you guys. And yeah, at the hopefully. very least, it seems like you're going to get some remasters of the games that you did like. So that's something. I'm happy about that, to be honest, because I haven't played some of these in a very long time, and I have the CDs. And uh, there is one additional thing I wanted to add here. Down in the comments on Reddit, um, you know, he he asked people to to ask for things or whatever, right? And there was a uh, a commenter named Electrifier who who said, "Please no microtransactions," right? And uh, Jim replied to that and said, "Thanks for the post, Electrifier. We will not be adding any microtransactions to Command and Cocker Remaster." So okay, great. Take that one to the bank. That's awesome. <laughs> so I just I. Sympathize with your points, Thompson. I really don't have a perspective on Command and Conquer, but I really hate it when like brand name people come in and just use usernames. Like, thanks, Electrifier. <laughs> <laughs> like that in particular drives me crazy. Well, I mean, it's it's better than giving us the finger, you know, by giving us another rivals, you know. <laughs> Yeah. At least he's trying. Uh, so that actually takes me into a little question <coughs> oh, that I have for you boys this week. Oh no, is it oh, the no. random question? A random <laughs> question of the week! I think I asked for it. This isn't really that random, though. No, um, it's it's actually a, it's a pretty targeted question of the week. Okay. Uh, so, so EA EA said that they have this interest in remastering the old PC games in the Command and Conquer franchise, and it got me thinking: uh, What other old school PC games would you like to see get brought back, get the remaster treatment? I figure you two boys would be great to ask this question because you're both fucking PC dorks. Wing Commander. I don't care. They were DOS games. I love them. They may not be bad. I mean, great, but they're not terrible. You know what I mean? So, really, really Hashtag fun. Bring back DOS. <laughs> I want to get the joystick out and and fly space sims and then like like privateer one and two were were amazing games you know I became a massive awesome rich space pirate and I had uh, the cops on me all the time because I was always shipping illegal goods and I was like twelve playing this stupid game you know like, <laughs> I loved it I was like I was like you know fuck the authorities I had, like my big ass battleship and shoved as many torpedoes on as I could it was. It was a blast, man. Those games, they got Fuck so much the space spirit. Cops. Yeah, I was, man, I was a little rebel. You should have seen. It was great. 
Okay. Um, that'd be fucking awesome. I'm gonna stick with the space trend. Mm-hmm. I want to see a full-on HD like modernization Star Wars Jedi Knight. Oh shit! See, I Give still play Jedi Knight too. Motherfucking yes. Katarn. I That'd still play sick. Jedi Knight too. I mean, I mean, Jedi like, Knight Two is an incredible game. It's perfect. But I want yeah, because it runs, you know. I want and then was the first was Jedi one, Academy in that same series? Yeah, that was the third one. Yeah, that, was that game was one. also sick. Yeah, get a just pack of those. Do the do the whole trilogy as a remaster. I would I would shell down a lot of dollars for that. Oh my god, I like I have those games and I still play them occasionally on Steam. But they're definitely showing their age at this point. Oh, they do. They do. Um, it's funny because, Pete, when you asked this question, my first thought went to StarCraft. But I was like, I already got StarCraft Remastered. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that, I forgot about that. That's my problem. Yeah. Is the, two, the two games that I would call out actually got their like, like Crash remasters and, on Steam. Uh, well, and no, Spyro, no, right? Well, because I'm thinking PC games. So oh, like PC, for me, it, right. it would be um, Heroes of Might and Magic. Or not oh, Heroes yeah. of Might and Magic. Um, Age of Mythology. That's oh, yeah, meant. yeah. Uh, which has a great Steam port. The and HD then, edition, um, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Impossible Creatures, which is also has yeah. a great Steam version. Yeah, you know, we both have that, so, and we have not played that together for Passplay. No, nah, we need to. And uh, we need to get some Impossible Creatures going up, because that shit is hilariously fun. So now, but here's here's the thing. I, so I was, I was really pushing and trying to think of what else that there is that I could play. Uh, and really the only other PC game from my childhood that, like, isn't available that I can think of is, uh, let's get a Backyard Baseball remaster. <laughs> Give me Backyard no, Baseball VR. Here we go. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, my God, no. I'm not into that. Get my boy Pablo back up here, <laughs> smacking those home runs left and right. Why are you so Makes... good at sport games? I don't understand. I don't... As long as they're dumb arcade sports games, I like them. And not featuring the Looney Tunes. <laughs> Yeah, well, apparently that. Listen, we never got our Space Jam face down, Andy, so let's go. That's he can be true. a special Space guest. Jam on the PS1. Listen, I'm not going to say that you didn't beat me at Barkley Shut Up and Jam, but I'm also I, not going to say that I didn't body you at Looney Tunes B-Ball. <laughs> That's why we got to have the tiebreaker all these, these years later now. I've been training. <laughs> This is like where all this time, the reason he actually left wasn't to go to school, it was to play Space Jam. <laughs> it's he took out student loans and he's literally just had a PlayStation 1 hooked up yeah. and practicing. He made his own personal uh, isolation cube to just practice. <laughs> no sounds, no nothing. Good lord. Alright, so if you want to let us know what old school PC game you want to see brought back from the grave, remember you can hit us up at thevideogamepals.com at... Jesus, the video game pals at gmail.com. Get us in the comments down below or hit us up at the comics pals on social media. So picking up where Andy and Mike left off last week, uh, Microsoft has some new plans for a cloud-based service called Project X Cloud. So uh, they put up a lengthy blog post over on the Microsoft blog uh called Project X Cloud Gaming with You at the Center. So, I'm going to I'm going to just read a little bit from this. Like I said, it's it's very long, so we don't need to go into the entire thing. But um I'll link to it down below if you want to check it out for yourself. So, uh so here's what they had to say. 
The future of gaming is a world where you are empowered to play the games you want with the people you want whenever you want, wherever you are, and on any device of your choosing. Our vision for the evolution of gaming is similar to music and movies. Entertainment should be available on demand and accessible from any screen. Today, I'm excited to share with you one of our key projects that will take us on an accelerated journey to that future world, Project X Cloud. Today, the games you play are very much dictated by the game... Oh, by the device you are using. Project xCloud's state-of-the-art global game streaming technology will offer you the freedom to play on the device you want without being locked to a particular device, empowering you, the gamers, to be at the center of your gaming experience. Content and Community Ultimately, Project X Cloud is about providing gamers, whether they prefer console or PC, new choices in when and where they play, while giving mobile-only players access to worlds, characters, and immersive stories they haven't been able to experience before. To realize this vision, we know we must make it easy for developers to bring their content to Project X Cloud. Developers of the more than 3,000 games available on Xbox One today, and those building the thousands that are coming in the future, will be able to deploy and dramatically scale access to their games across all devices on Project X Cloud with no additional work. Hmm. So let's let's stop there for now. Uh, that's kind of crazy. So yeah. What do you, what do you guys what do you guys think about that elevator pitch? Um, I said this last week. I think if they can make it work, it's really fucking cool. So I've heard a, a, a few of the impressions about the Google uh, Project Stream service that you guys talked about last week. Apparently, it's pretty it's pretty tight. Yeah. And they're, you know, it's running Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is a brand new game. So that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, it's, like, really cool. I didn't know really that game neat. streaming was at that this level yet, you know? Like, the fact that you can stream of that game of that quality in a fucking browser is crazy. Yeah. Clouds are really but, uh, interesting in that way. They offset tons of the work because you can... And you can set up computers to do this in multiple ways, too. Like, I think I mentioned... Oh, uh, to you, Pete, like in passing at one point, like the one thing that my dad was doing was working with this server that what it did was it it did a single process that a computer would do, right? And it was acting as though it was one computer. Like he split, you know, like the way you partition drives, right? You essentially make like little mini sure. computers out of one computer and you just make one computer designed to do one process rather than telling it to do, you know, many. And if you can do that, it, it, it just it just sped up this one process that he was working on, and all of a sudden, you're seeing like 300% efficiency, and it's like little tricks like that. The clouds are amazing. They can do tons and tons of work um, off of the computer, you know, for you, essentially. Like, sorting is a huge problem, too. And, and you know, like, I, Microsoft setting this up sounds, to me, like one of the best options. I mean, because they make everything, right? So it's like, that's, you know, hearing the, the Google thing, uh, working out like pretty good playing that um, you can only imagine that this is actually like feasible you know what I mean this isn't like blowing smoke up our asses like the elevator pitch sounds pretty realistic and I don't think that Microsoft's wanting to come out and say like we're gonna do x y and z and they don't get close to that you know what I mean they don't announce yeah. shit like that and like I don't know I think they can do it I think that this is possible I think you know I don't know how long it'll take I think that's the big deal setting it up is probably gonna be monumental um but can, you can imagine it's going to entice a lot of development teams to go to this and being able to access games like Assassin's Creed on your phone or some shit like that would be just fucking awesome. <laughs> Especially it for people who don't... a ton of new markets, too. Like people who, how many people can afford to get a PC and sit down and do it? You know what I mean? It's, it's nuts. Everyone's got a phone. Right. Yep. It's such a market and, idea. Uh, 
the, the, the point that you just made, Thompson, about the, the timeline, uh, they talk a little bit about that here as well. They say, scaling and building out Project xCloud is a multi-year journey for us. We'll begin public trials in 2019 so we can learn and scale with different volumes and locations. Our focus is on delivering an amazing added experience to existing Xbox players and on empowering developers to scale to hundreds of millions of new players across devices. Our goal with Project xCloud is to deliver a quality experience for all gamers on all devices that's consistent with the speed and high fidelity gamers experience and expect on their PCs and consoles. So yeah, then they talk a little bit about how uh, future Xbox games are already enabled compatibility with that by like building custom custom hardware for their data centers um, that builds on the architecture that they've kind of already developed over the years with the Xbox One. Uh, so it, it sounds really interesting. Uh, and then they talk a little bit about what they're, they're doing right now in testing. And again, you can go check all this out down below. There's like more information here. Like there's some images of, uh, people testing out, like, you know, there's a woman holding a, what looks like a windows, uh, tablet with like a digital controller display on it and is playing like, you know, uh, what appears to be an Xbox game. Um, but they say, we are testing Project X Cloud today. The test runs on devices, mobile phones, tablets, paired with an Xbox wireless controller through Bluetooth, and is also playable using touch support. Uh, the immersive nature of console and PC games often requires controls that are mapped to multiple keys, buttons, sticks, and triggers. We are developing a new game-specific touch input overlay that pro uh, provides maximum response and a minimal footprint for players who choose to play without a controller. So that's interesting, too. Because I think that's always been yeah. a big problem for yeah. mobile games they're... and trying to play like serious games, you know. Mm. Are they? I think they're making a custom like overlay touch control for all of the games they're bringing to this, which is insane. And, and that's smart. Yeah, yeah. I, just it's crazy to me that they have just so thoroughly one upped Google. Because, like, Google is impressive that they're rolling out a, a brand new game to play in browser. And Microsoft's like, okay, so you have one game that you're running optimized to play to test your technology. We're going to have any game available on an Xbox available on any screen next year. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's That's huge. Yeah, it's bonkers. That's what I was especially saying, man, like... Oh, no, you can go, man. Okay, I was just going to say, especially when you consider the package you could now pitch to somebody as Microsoft of like, oh, yeah. you've got yeah. your mobile phone or whatever, buy an Xbox and get Game Pass. Yep. And you have access to all these games for $10 a month on any fucking screen. It's like, whoa, that is a, like, what a way to throw your hat in the handheld market ring. It, yeah. Like, indirectly. Dude, if anyone you know? thought that they weren't going to be like coming strong into this like last push of this generation... Uh, this is just setting up for the next gen, you know, yep. like they're yeah, doing it this now. This is setting up the Xbox two to be hell right. attractive. Right. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like if anyone's going to pull this off to me, it would be Microsoft, you know, uh, out of, especially out of cause they have the most to gain from it, you know, because yeah, like yep, with, with Nintendo, they want to keep you on the switch with PlayStation. They want to keep you on the PS4 Microsoft for the last couple of years has adopted this dual pronged approach of go wherever you want to go, we're still selling you the software. Uh, and I was one of the people that criticized them for that because I don't think it sells Xboxes, but with this in mind, they're building out like a really interesting niche for themselves where oh, like yeah, the yeah. fact that they hedged their bet is actually going to work in their favor now. 
I mean, no one else is capitalizing on it. And Microsoft as a company, you know, because they sell the operating system, that's pretty much what they've always done, what you just said. We, we'll sell the software. Who cares if we're selling the hardware, you know, at this point? It's got to run on something, you know? So if they built the network and they're, you know, offering all the services, they're going to they're gonna kill it. And it's just crazy because it's not like any any it's not like a pyramid scheme it's a really good service you know it's it's they're offering an incredible deal if they can make all this work and it's it's super enticing for the next generation i think i think uh we know like obviously they're working on the next like playstation and everything and and like the switch is strong right now and everyone just thinks microsoft's not gonna like be around i guess sometimes you hear like a lot of negative shit about it, but they're pulling crap like this, and it yep. really pushes the entirety of the other like the the dominance of the PlayStation is is assured right now. But when you offer things like this, it's it's huge, it's huge because if you can don't compete with something like this, you're gonna you're gonna lose. Like a lot of people are, have phones, and and this is just an incredible offer, you know. If it all works out, which you know honestly, I think it really will. Yeah, I mean, if this works well, imagine being able to. You know, you're playing Persona Five or Assassin's Creed or whatever. But just new games are coming out, and you're like, "Oh, I'll get it on my phone." You know what I mean? Or not even, but like, imagine, imagine it's a game that like you are playing at home on your Xbox or your PC, but then you're like, "Oh, I gotta go. I'm going to my girlfriend's house. I'm I gotta go get on the train. I gotta, you know, whatever." And then you're just like, "Oh, well, I'll just keep playing on my phone." It's like. That's what's it's so cool wild. about the Switch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And especially especially if you can do a Bluetooth pairing, you just fucking throw a tablet and an Xbox controller in your backpack, and it's basically the exact same experience. Yeah, seriously. Like, that's fucking awesome. The, like, the little fucking clip they show in the trailer, like the physical clip that's just like a phone holder for the top of your Xbox controller. Yeah. It's like, fucking A. Fuck me, Nintendo does this whole setup for like, oh yeah, and we're going to make it so you have the console that you can take it with you anywhere, and Microsoft just like, hold my phone. <laughs> See, that's what I think is so great about this, man. The Switch is great for all these reasons, and Microsoft's taking that idea and just taking it to the nth degree, you know? Yeah, Micro- yeah they're doing anything? it in their own way. Microsoft's right. taking that idea without any of the like technical trade-offs Nintendo had to make to have the Switch be portable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, right. Microsoft is the name of the game in, like, cloud computing. And I think it's really cool that they're utilizing that for gaming. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think this is a bet that in could really pay off for them. And I think especially when you couple it with the streaming service that they've now made a gamble on, like, all these other pro-consumer moves that they've made to get that goodwill, like... I think they are setting themselves up for a really strong start in the next console generation. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see what happens because I think, like, this is, this has just been such an exciting time for video games these last couple of years. I know. Because, I, you know, this generation, I think, really started off slow. But you look at it now, Sony is, like, you know, probably about as healthy as they've ever been. Microsoft is hungry and doing a lot of exciting, forward-thinking things. Nintendo's back on top, and, you know, I think going into the next console generation, like, every one of them's going to be swinging for the fences because they have to compete, you know, because they're all doing really well, and all of them are actually at a point where they're where they're presenting a really attractive package, and it's going to be a, a real... I think especially in the early days of the next gen, it's going to be a real competition of where you're going. 
you know, are you gonna st- are you gonna stick with Sony or are you gonna switch over to Microsoft? You know, just like what happened last time, and we saw how that pendulum swung back in Sony's favor, and I wonder if it might, you know, swing back in Microsoft's this time around, and it's gonna be interesting because I think if it does, we're gonna see a hungry Sony again, which is always good, and. If not, we're going to keep seeing Microsoft be hungry, and that's been pretty great, too. So, you know, uh, competition is only good for us. Always great when Nintendo comes out on top, because everyone else fucking swings for the fences. And it's it's great. Like, I I revel in the fact that the Switch came out when it did, because it just just fucking put the fire under people's asses, it seems like. Which is awesome, you know? It's awesome for yep. us. And then right at that same time, like all of the first party promise, promises that Sony has made over the last four years are finally coming to fruition. Yeah. They've almost all been, you know, great. So it's like, like right now, it's just such a good time to be a gamer. And uh, it, it really seems like, it seems like it's going to just keep keep on rolling. So uh, something, another, another really exciting thing to look forward to in 2019. So we'll, we'll keep it, uh, we'll keep you posted on this one. So uh, speaking of Microsoft, uh, we have another story here that uh, comes from one Jason Schreier, what an actual real video games journalist looks like over at Kotaku. Uh, And the news is that the company is apparently close to buying Obsidian. So, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if there's anybody out there who doesn't know who Obsidian is if you're listening to this show, but, you know, I think they're best known for their work on, uh, you know, some of the greatest RPGs of all time, Knights of the Old Republic 2, Fallout New Vegas, um, you know, right now, I think the last time we talked about them, they were working on Pillars of Eternity. Um, right, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and they were working with that, uh, that weird, like, what was that, that weird imprint that was like the working on the double A games with a bunch of people. I can't remember who it was now. Uh, I think it's it's owned by Take Two. It's like Project Something. I know Damn. what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name. Yep. Yeah, but either Same. way, uh, if you're a regular listener, you know. So either way, Jason Jason writes in here, right, and uh, and he says that um, one person with knowledge of the deal told Kotaku that they'd heard it was quote ninety percent finished, and a, se- a second person said quote it's not a matter of or it's a matter of when, not if. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't seem as though there's there's much room for, you know, wiggle here, but uh before those quotes Jason points out that I'm kind of jumping around here. Go read Jason's article, you know, I don't want to read the whole thing for you. But uh he says we don't know if ink is on paper yet and plenty of major acquisitions deal, deals have fallen apart in the final hours, but those close to the companies believe it is all but done. So this is uh, really interesting, you know? Yeah. I think, um, obviously, this is a great uh, marriage, I think, for these two companies. Obsidian's been independent since 2013, um, but they have uh, had a lot of problems. You know, they almost went out of business in 2012 before that Kickstarter that we talked about. Uh, they they have definitely... They're, they're a company with a lot of clout, but they make niche games, and it seems like they struggle to keep their size you know, like, uh, in check. So I feel like this seems like a really good marriage. You know, I feel like this could be a really good partnership. Yeah. I think it's a a good get for Microsoft. And I think that having that, like the big money behind them would be good for Obsidian too. Yeah. I can say personally, every game that they make, I am, I'm in love with and they make quality software. No. Yeah. And multiple times, um, they'll release, you know, like, like, DLC or something, and it's good DLC. It it's adds to the game. And a lot of people might say afterward that it's expensive or it should have been there at the start, 
but it's exactly what you said. They don't make a shitload of money from this niche market. And a lot of times, the games that they have are amazing, and the only thing you want from them is more. And having something backing them up, like Microsoft, who's going to just be able to throw money at them to make a quality game, um, it just increases the, the, the quality that they are going to put out anyway, but it really just polishes it, you know what I mean? It's not like it's going it, to... It's just good for them, you know? I think Microsoft would be an amazing pair for them. You know, they they really could spend more years on each single game they produce. Um, and it would they'd probably always be able to put more in because they just make such open, amazing, you know, experiences. If they get more staff or something, they get more money or more time or whatever, you know, who cares? However it works out, um, it can't hurt them, you know? And I think a lot of times for them, um, you know, you can see where they want to put more and then they might have a story or something that gets kind of like chopped off or maybe there's a mechanic in a game that's really cool but not fully fleshed out you can see that they want to put more into these things you know that they're they're right. so passionate about what they do sometimes that like pillars of attorney is a great game like it's amazing but it's only better by playing the expansions it only gets better by playing the next one after you know what i mean it's it's like mass effect for a lot of people you know like love the first one you, you'll love the second one if you if you had sure. any inkling you know what i mean it's like they just get better, you know. A lot of these games just build on themselves. You know? Just like Splatoon Two with the Inklings, you know. The first one was good. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> you said you said Inkling, and I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> leave that one alone. Uh, but so Jason actually points this out, out in the article, and he says one compelling argument for the sale is that being owned by a company with deep pockets will offer Obsidian stability and resources, the likes of which it has never had before. Damn right, right. Uh, and I thought this was really, really funny. This got some, some traction on Twitter as well. Uh, so he has two quotes from Microsoft and Obsidian that, uh, that you know, when, when they reached out to them to ask about this. So we do not comment on rumors or speculation, said a Microsoft spokesperson. And then uh, <laughs> Obsidian said, unfortunately, we don't comment on rumors or speculation other than to say that rumors that the rumors album by Fleetwood Mac still holds up. <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> I immediately saw that and tagged Andy. I was like, Andy, are you the spokesperson for Obsidian Entertainment? <laughs> I mean, that's the greatest PR quote I've ever heard. But also, <laughs> I would go way farther than still holds up. Rumors is a Stone Cold classic. There you go. <laughs> you heard it here first. I guess second, actually. <laughs> uh, but actually, um, so just before we were we were forgetting the name of the 2K imprint that they're working with, it's actually Private Division. Jason mentions it in the article. Cool. Uh, and there's a quote from uh, them as well, and they're they're apparently still working on that game. So even if this sale goes through, it, it seems as though uh, their new RPG that we still don't know the name of or anything is is still gonna It'll be good. Come and those I'll loose ends will get tied up before they start on their first game for microsoft seems to be the uh the implication it will be played i promise <laughs> so yeah this uh this this seems good man um so I, if you guys are interested in more in uh you know more news around the story uh there's a ton of extra context here that jason adds and you know he talks about some of the history between obsidian mike and microsoft that i wasn't even aware of that they apparently worked on a game that got canceled a couple years ago so uh, if you want to, you know, get the full story, please go to, down to the description down below when you're done with this episode and, you know, give Jason one of those clicks. Uh, we, we like his work and, you know, be great if you could su support him. So moving right along to uh, some Sony news. Uh, apparently, we're finally going to be able to change our fucking PlayStation Network names. Huzzah! What a oh, glorious day it is. Oh, my God. So, I never thought uh, this would happen. 
I, you know, I knew it would happen eventually. And it's funny enough because I think we joked about this uh, on the episode where we learned that they were canceling PSX because mm-hmm. they had promised, oh, yeah. well, you'll know by next PSX. And it's like, well, that's why they canceled PSX. Yeah. They're never going to. But we got them, apparently. So here we got a uh, a, <clears throat> a comment from a uh, from. I'm sorry. Let me take another step with that. Uh, we got a blog post from one Sid Schumer, who's a director over at Sony. And uh, it, it details all the information about, you know, when when you can expect this to come through. So let me just read this for you guys. We're happy to announce that we will soon be begin testing. Testing. We're testing it. Great. The long-awaited feature that will allow users to change their PlayStation Network mm-hmm. online ID from their PlayStation 4 system. The PSN online ID change feature beta, which is a mouthful, will be part of the PlayStation preview program and will become available to select users that have pre-registered as testers for previous PS4 system software betas. During the preview program, you will be able to change your online ID as many times as you want. The first change is free, and changes after that will cost $9.99 USD. Uh, for PlayStation Plus members, it will cost five ninety nine, or four ninety nine. Excuse me. Uh, after the first change, changes to online ID can be made through the settings menu or vi- via the profile page of your PS4. When you change your online ID, you will have the option to display your previous ID with your new ID, so your friends can recognize you. Once you decide to display your old ID, or excuse me, yeah, once you decide to display your old ID or not, I think they meant whether there. Uh, you won't be able to adjust this after completing the online ID change process. This feature is compatible with PS4 games originally published after April 1st, 2018, and a large majority of the most played PS4 games that were released before this date. Oh my god, dude. April fucking fools. Can you imagine if they're like, nah, just kidding, this is all fake. Uh, however, please note, not all games and applications for PS4, PS3, and PS Vita systems are guaranteed to support the online ID change, and users may occasionally encounter issues or errors in certain games. If for any reason you experience issues after changing your ID, you can revert back to your original ID for free at any time. You will only be able to revert once during the preview program. Reverting back to an old ID will resolve most issues caused by the ID change. Most issues. In addition, when this feature officially launches, a list of compatible games published before April 1st will be provided on PlayStation.com for reference before you make a change. The preview program for this feature is scheduled to conclude at the end of November 2018. The full rollout of the feature to all PS4 owners is planned for early 2019, so stay tuned for updates down the road. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. right? So could this could this have more strings attached? <laughs> it's like, well, we'll let you we'll let you finally change your name, but you got to pay and all these other problems and like up and you down. You get one free one. I know you but you like one free oh my god, dude, like Jesus Christ. Let me change my name. I mean, like I don't care. I'm just saying it's it seems it seems so ridiculous the way that they had to put this out. Whatever. Uh, it's yeah, finally hey, happening. Whatever. It works, it works, I guess. So I'm finally going to be able to lock down my brand uh. and have Loud Pete on every platform. But it might not so. work in all your games. Yeah, but like, I don't even play any online games on PlayStation right now, so it's like, whatever. If I was like a hardcore COD or Fortnite player or something, maybe that would matter. But not even with Fortnite, because it's epic, but... Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I'm just glad I can finally change my name. Whenever it happens, it happens at this point. You know, like Thompson, I, I, not that I thought it would never happen, but it was just like, pff, when is, when is it going to happen? Eventually. I don't know. Yeah, I get that. But like, fuck, could there be more hedging? 
Yeah. That's why I started cracking up. It, yeah, no, it's hilarious. That's why I read the whole thing. Yeah. We, I, I would have stopped after the second paragraph if it wasn't for, oh, but also, oh, but also, oh, but also. And it's still like four months away. It's like, okay, great. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I have to say, I'm happy. I'm happy. There you I don't go. mean to complain. I don't, I don't mean to be upset about a thing I want. It's fine. You, so, I mean, you I'm can't glad. be, or they could just pull the plug on it, because they have four months to wait, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll revert your name automatically if we see that you talk shit on Twitter. Uh, Alright, so moving right along in other Sony news, Sony is officially working on a next-gen console. Which, come on, like, we didn't know this. But, but, it made headlines because people get excited about silly things, so we had to talk about it. Cool. So, uh, here, we got an article from IGN from one Joe Screebles. And uh, here, here's here's what Joe had to say on the the situation. They won't call it PlayStation Five right now, but Sony has but Sony has officially confirmed that yes, it has another console on the way. Speaking of the Financial Times, Sony CEO Kenshiro Yoshida said, "At this point, what I can say is it's necessary to have a next generation hardware." <laughs> Yoshida wouldn't commit to a name or explain what form the hardware would take. So it's not an enormous surprise that Sony would have begun development on a new console, not least because multiple games have already been announced for next-gen consoles. However, Sony openly admitting that it is working on hardware has led some to conclude that a formal announcement could be closer than expected. So, you know, I, I think this is uh, this is kind of... It's, it's a nothing story, but people get excited about this sort of thing, so I thought it might be fun to get excited about this sort of thing, right? So the Financial Times pointed out that uh, some of their sources have said that the upcoming console, quote, might not represent a major departure from the PS4 and that the fundamental architecture would be similar. So I, I think that uh, that was kind of where I wanted to take us from our jump-off point into our meat and potatoes this week, which is, what do you guys actually want to see from a next-gen console? You know, specifically the PS5, I suppose, but... You know, we'll, we'll expand it out from there. Can You can talk about the Xbox successor if, you know, you're Andy. Wow. But, uh... <laughs> no, but but seriously, you know, I, I think... I saw another article making some rounds from IGN that was asking the question, is the PS5 necessary? When it was saying, we're going to be having a similar architecture, we have the PS4 Pro. What what would actually be the point of this change right now? And, and I wanted to ask that question to you, fine gents. What do you think we'll actually see in our next-gen consoles? And what are some things you actually feel like we might you might need? You know, what are, what are those quality-of-life changes, the updates, the upgrades that you feel like it's time for? I... Hmm. If they handled the announcement better, I genuinely think that if Microsoft launched the xbox successor with all of the features they tried to have for the xbox one people would be fucking about it having like a drm free like console that whole kind of like the oh yeah it's got a built-in connect and media pass through so you can just use it as like a alexa for your tv you you know you run your cable box through the xbox you say xbox put on the football game these are things people actually want now. Yeah, these are things people want now, and not why would I want to connect always spying on me. Right. Like, at some point in the past five years... Remember when we, that was a thing we were worried about? Yeah, we gave up on that. Um, but that, the... Yeah, it's always got to be online, but we set up account game sharing so that, you know, you can 
say to your friends, hey, I have all these games and these accounts are allowed to play them when I'm not. Like, which was a thing they tried to do, but then there was all the always online backlash and people got mad. Um, I think either of those would be really cool in a, a new console because I think the culture's changed a little bit around that stuff. I think the messaging would have to be better and there would have to be, you know, games, but... Which, I mean, now that they, you know, have bought, uh, what, four studios and yep. now might be getting a fifth one in the belt, like, they're kind of set up yeah. to to do that now and to actually be like, yo, you need an Xbox. Absolutely. Um... In terms of what Sony can do, I just, like, a beefier PlayStation with a better relationship to the internet. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, it's funny because, like, when they ask that question of, is it necessary, like, that's kind of where my head is with it right now. Like, I don't don't think these consoles are imminent by any stretch of the imagination. I I think Um, Fall 2020. I think Fall 2020 is uh, earliest we'll see them release, latest we'll get an announcement is that year. Yeah. Like, I could see us having, like, one of those Sony press conferences they had with the PS4, like, in February 2020, and then maybe it's out late 2020 or, like, 2021. Mm hmm. Because there are games coming out on these consoles until 2020. And I don't feel like anybody's asking for a new console generation right now. I think we're all pretty satisfied, especially because we had the .5 updates not that long ago. So, like, if you felt like you needed more power, that was an option, you know? Yeah, that's um, that's kind of where I'm at too. Like, uh, especially with that being an option, if the PlayStation Five was to be released and really they just beefed it up, isn't that like the point five to the point five? I mean, they're not really, you know, what 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 would be different? You know, if it's beefier yeah, like, each well, time, I, that's I, it. Yeah. How much of a graphic upgrade are we really even going to yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, if you're already supporting like... 4K, I don't think there's you know another thing after that in two years that's going to be standardized out. You know, maybe they're building coming out for another ten. Right. So, know, like, are they? What are they? What would they be able to release feasibly? Right. And and make a like in the same way that Microsoft talks about this cloud computing project and everything. That's gigantic. You know what I mean? That is in position to set up for the new system. So what could what could Sony come out and say? that they could put into the system, you know, realistically and and get it working by the time uh, as early as, you know, two years from now. Um, I don't know. That's the thing, man, is I think it's interesting because the more I think about it, the more I think about the fact that the things that feel like the next big step are all service-based. Yeah. Like Andy said, it would be better online, you know? I know, yeah. um, Our, Our complaints have always been with that kind of stuff. Right. But, you know, I, but even, even looking back at like the, ps3 and like the xbox 360 era i remember the last games that came out on those consoles being like okay these are showing their age yeah it was just starting to feel that way it's time for an update when the when the switch came out i felt that way about the 3ds you know like it's i'm ready for the next thing i don't feel that way about these consoles right now and i don't know that i'm gonna feel that way in two years because yeah i agree i i feel like we're we're really just scratching the surface of what they can do you know, and, and yeah. that's why I think the idea of it being, like they said, uh, a, a more incremental update that has similar architecture makes sense. And I wonder if it is just another, another like you said, another point five. Like, yeah. and maybe that makes it the PlayStation Five technically, but how different is that really? Like, so, how many yeah, of these games right? are still coming out on PS4 for several years? You know, especially smaller games. You know, or again, like you just get a, a toned down version. 
like Andy had said too, the culture's changed, right? And I know that PlayStation came out with the VR thing, and VR is not dead, but it's 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 that slow burn, you know. Maybe they double down on VR, you know. Maybe they build. I think something. that's probably true too. Yeah, yeah, like they they have a a PlayStation VR two that's like bundled in with it. Yeah, I mean, or maybe they they you know build a system around it first rather than the other way around. You know, that's a that's a monumental change. Like there is no, to me, great shakeup that they can do that hasn't already either been implemented or announced at this point. So that's cool. If they want to try to do something like that, you know, like having, having a switch like console, uh, that's cool. But do we need that when we have the switch? Uh, I mean, w- would it work feasibly in, in five years after it came out without them releasing a 0.5 every time? There's so many problems that they'd run into. Um, if they try to, you know, set this groundwork up for a new thing, this late in the game unless they've been working on it for a long time we don't know because we have no idea what they're hiding but i can i can think personally that just based on sony they probably hadn't set anything up really that much because they might be building games for this they might be announcing games for it but they get complacent when they're on top and they've been very far on top for a very long time and um no one's asking for these systems right so why would you start investing so much um into that this early because if everybody's already got a ps4 nobody's buying ps4s right well, I mean, yeah. That, and that's the thing. It's like, I think this year was the first year where that happened. Right. And that probably you know, where said, like sales you know, really slowed. And it's like, oh, let's switch gears. It's time to put out something new. Yeah. But yeah, if you say, that's cool. Hey, uh, Spider-Man 2 launch title for the PS5 only on PS5. Yeah, that's it's certainly I mean, look, they have they have the, the weight to, to pull a huge audience based on just titles like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And they can pull that shit any day of the week with a PS5 that's not necessarily any too different than the something they've got now. But I would like to see something that is, you know, innovating on itself a little more. I mean, simply even just doing backwards compatibility would be fun, you know? Like, all the way through. I think that's gotta be. I, I, think, I think the next system will either have backwards compatibility or it'll have a true PlayStation streaming service or something. Right. You know, like, stre- like PlayStation Now mm-hmm. will have, like, a 2.0 where you have access to everything. And that's you know? what I'm saying. Like, I'd hope for that to be. And, like, we talk of it, like, almost like it's a standard thing. Like, like we expect it But here. it's not with Sony. No, that's what I mean. So in, in the yeah. 5, you know, in the PlayStation 5, the theoretical one that is, like, yeah, that that's something that you... I don't think you can get away with that at this point, you know. I think I think it's definitely going to be a thing where we're going to see the next iteration of co- consoles are going to be way more service oriented. I think it's going to be more focused on streaming and more focused on, you know, um, I think even like Andy said, like maybe DRM free stuff, like you know, yeah, and know. maybe that's not how they f- they phrase it or how they position it, but I do think that there's something to that of like a, a console that is more intimately connected to the internet that is more. Uh, focused on access to your library you know like i i I wouldn't be surprised if it's fully backwards compatible with ps4 where day one like what they do with xbox one right where you once they made it backwards compatible all your 360 stuff was now on your xbox one yeah i bet you day one it's like that with ps5 well i'd hope so i would be shocked if it wasn't yeah i mean me too but we never know like where they might cut a corner to get some other feature that they want or if if they think that it's not that big of a deal necessarily, you know what I mean? Because they do treat it yeah. sometimes like that. Like, like, oh, I mean, come on, it's a new system, you know? Like, do you really want to play all those old games? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, like, I think I think the thing of the PlayStation 3, the reason it happened that way is just because the PlayStation 3's architecture was so screwy. Oh, I know, The PS4 yeah. is basically a PC. Every other console is basically a PC now. And the PS3 was, like, the last bastion of, it's got this weird fucking cell architecture, and it doesn't play 
play well with anything, and a, a fucking Elder Scrolls games run like shit on it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. why. And yeah. like, I think I'd I'd like to think that that's figured out, and that a lot of these issues we're still seeing them deal with are because of that weird transition of that you have an account that lived on your PS3 that now lives on your PS4, right? And it's growing pains. So and yeah, I think PS5 yeah. will be future proofed in that way. In the spirit of of innovating and all that yeah i'd hope that the five comes out and they can wipe the slate clean as you know not 100 percent. you know what i mean but just basically get through that stage finally come out with something that doesn't yeah. have to feel its predecessor's pains because they're still working them out for sure um my number you know. one request vita 2 <laughs> man i want a vita 2 that is built with the playstation 5 in mind and that they work seamlessly together. So you want a Wii U That's tablet, we... but you want it on the PlayStation 5. Uh, for your, you want the PlayStation 5 to be the Vita 2. Like the handheld, the controller, you could do that. Mmm. The Vita I, 2 is Project X Cloud. You just clip your phone yeah. into a controller. That's what, see, that, ah! that's the problem here. Microsoft announced something so fucking monumental. It's like, what do you, what do you want from PlayStation? I want that. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's cool as fuck. <laughs> I like, want that with PlayStation games. I want that, and I want the Game Pass on my PlayStation. Like, sorry, that's what I want. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think PlayStation Now is going to just become Game Pass soon, soon enough. Like, yeah, but it's that's that. Like, we didn't talk about that a couple weeks ago, but now that they they have the downloads and stuff too, mm-hmm. it's like I I feel like we're gonna. I feel like Sony's warming up to that. I mean, it seems like it, and that's exciting. Maybe they're building the five around all this idea, you know, you know, keeping it. You know, working together better you know but seriously like I, I do worry about their their infrastructure uh as far as internet related things go because it's it hasn't been a good track record for me necessarily anytime we tried to use any service it was like screwy as shit so um so for the best it's a very mixed bag yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. it's really mixed like sometimes it's flawless other times it's like what the fuck is happening <laughs> <laughs> well and like i feel like they, they they have a track record of releasing services that are half-baked and then figuring them out mm-hmm. like playstation tv like was a was really not good at all when it launched and now i like anybody who uses it is like i don't know why everyone doesn't use this you know it's the most yeah. affordable way to have television right it's like you know i i think i think if all the stuff that they launched on the ps4 that didn't really work out comes together for ps5 we'll have a very attractive unit on our hands yeah fair if they continue to say i don't know why you'd want to play old games we have so many new games yeah, that'll be a different story. I, I do think it's really funny, though, Andy, that, like, we both kind of came away with, like, the... Because I, I finally got to this point. It was the one you led with, though, of... So if they give us the console they pitched with the PS4 yeah. and the Xbox One, yeah. that's basically what we want. All those services to actually work? Perfect. Let's do it. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's, like... Services are where it's at, right? We, I don't want to say we've plateaued with graphical fidelity but like no but it's pretty freaking good yeah (laughs) yeah it's one of those things where like i feel like we're never going to have the incremental jumps we used to you know you're never going to have the super nintendo to n64 to gamecube you know like level of like where every time it looks like it's a totally different animal, you know, like the difference between what we saw in PlayStation three and, you know, Xbox 360 at its peak was not super different than what we saw in the PS4 and the Xbox one until they got their point fives. Right. 
you know? And I, I think you're probably right that there's only so much higher to go with some of this stuff. Like, it'll always be getting better, but I feel like it. you hit a point where it, like, it looks real. And how much more real can it look until it doesn't look real anymore? Yep. Yeah, like, when you get the fucking performance that, like, Final Fantasy XV is getting on the, the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro, like, it, it's right. photorealistic. Like, what more do you fucking want? <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think really the last thing is just going to be when we get to the point where gameplay all looks like that, and we're already kind of there. Like if you look at like Spider Man, God in 4K, of War is an amazing experience. Right. for that alone, like it's both one of those shot. games have. There's almost no difference between gameplay and cutscenes, and it's like right. that's really all you need is like a seamless experience, and like we're there. Absolutely. So yeah, and I feel like there's only so many more mountains left to climb. <laughs> yeah, do more cool things with the internet, so you don't just have to sell me a beefier box every six years. Yeah, and I, and I think like doing more to make your platform more attractive mm-hmm. is the thing at this point. Is that like the 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 disparity between the PlayStation Four and the Xbox is like you know paper thin. Like, when they came out, the PS4 was a little bit better, you know? And then it's, like, they put out their por- their 4K consoles, and, like, the Xbox One X is, like, a decent amount better than the PS4, but it's, like, PS4 Pro. But it's, like, it's not that much fucking different, you know? Like, right. it's... Uh, it both runs like, 4K. That's what matters. And, the, and Xbox has a... It's a little bit stronger performance, you know? Like, FPS a little bit cleaner. Like, great, awesome. But, like... W- at this point, it's really like, do you like Coke or do you like Pepsi? You know, <laughs> and I think the best thing that they can do at this point is just try and not necessarily even differentiate, but match each other's services as much to po- as possible. Where it's like, oh, Xbox has this feather in their cap. We need an answer to that. You know, oh, PlayStation has exclusives. We need an answer to that. And it's really just trying to make it so that you have the best package for whoever your target demo is. You know, and like... PlayStation gamers are generally a little bit more Japanese, you know, game focused, you know, uh, Xbox people are a little bit more online focused, you know, like those things are, they exist. And like, I think trying to close those gaps as much as possible is the smart move because Sony did that this time around, you know, like their online infrastructure still isn't as good as Xbox's, but they're the place to play because they have the exclusive content, Getting better. which is what people really care about. Like, again, the difference between Xbox Live and PlayStation Network is like, how, how much different is it at this point? Not that much. Not enough to really care. It comes down to, like, software and services now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the real battle when it comes to the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox 2. <laughs> the next box. That's what we're officially going to call it on this <laughs> the show. The next box? I like that one. Yeah, the next box. PS5 and the next box. This, uh, the Xbox uh, so if you guys want to let us know... my favorite thing oh. in games. It makes no sense. <laughs> it's, it, it's naming convention or lack thereof... Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One. <laughs> hmm. All right, Microsoft. Well, you see, they were all like version point zero something until they hit version one. And, oh, true, and true. yeah, <laughs> they were all like betas for the. We've been the next one is. We've the been developing the Xbox. Xbox app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Fuck that shit! I want a Z box. But if you guys want to let us know what you want to see out of the uh, next box or the PS5, you can let us know in the comments down below. Hit us up at the video game pals at gmail.com 
or mem- uh, follow us at the Comics Pals, you know, wherever your social media is sold. And uh, let us know what you thought about this or any other story we discussed today, or, you know, what games you're playing, any of that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, if you're uh, a nice boy or girl, we'll uh, read your comments on the air. Actually, we'll read them if they're mean, too, so just hit us Especially with your Especially if shot. they're mean to Pete. That's our favorite kind of email. Oh, they're my favorites. Damn. I thrive. Andy, I live on them. We made it through, like, a whole episode where you were nice to me, and I was like, oh, look at this. You welcomed me back. You were like, oh, it's great. And he just had to he was, that He was saving it, you. man. You gotta do what the, you gotta do, was, and what I gotta do is be mean to Pete. Just like I moved around the random question to play with the format, Andy's moving around his his bits for the format. So if <laughs> if this has been effective for you, please let us know. Uh, before we get out of here, we'll do some plugs, Andy. Uh, yeah, you can find me over on Twitter at Tiger underscore Millions. Hit me up. Um, I'm the pal to go to if you want to talk about pirates. I say that every week, and nobody ever does. It breaks my heart. Pirates are bad. No, you're bad. I'm, I'm speaking up for on Sean. This pirate chat. Speaking of which, you can find Sean at Sean Soapbox. Thompson. Uh, you can find me at Relic Vampire on Twitter. I also talk about games, but I don't talk about pirate games because they're bad. So, uh, yeah, follow me there. I do Pals Play with Pete also, and that's really fucking fun. We said before we did some Super Mario Party, and holy crap, we did not kill each other. We're still here. So, if you want to see We're how still that, friends. If you want to see how that worked out, go check it out this week. Woohoo! Do you want to see the most powerful friendship in internet gaming because we survived Mario Party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then if you want to connect with me, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. You can catch me on the Comics Pals with Sean, which posts on Mondays uh, over on the Comics Pals YouTube channel or on uh, you know any of the podcast services where you find this show. So if you're a comic book person, go check that out. We did all our New York Comic Con coverage. I got to interview uh, my favorite artist in the business, Ryan Otley, along with some other really, really talented people like Plaid Klaus and Brent Peoples. Uh, so if you're interested in comics, please go check out that show. Go watch our New York Comic Con coverage. Uh, and then you can find me on Pals Play with Thompson, like you said. And then I'm also over on LootPots.com, uh, where I do Nintendo news and reviews and then host their weekly Nintendo podcast, The Potscast. So if you want to hear more about, hear me talk more about video games, um, you can go do that. And we focus a lot about, uh, you know, random Nintendo shit. But this week we're talking about um, <laughs> something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm tired. We'll see you guys next week. I love you. Ha 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 ha!